Yeah! What I absolutely got into, Al, was the Rams looking like a Super Bowl team after one week. I don't want any buckets of cold water. I don't want any reality about how this is week one of an 18-week season, a 17-game season, that anything can happen. Yeah, 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 I know. What I know, though, for sure, Al, is that the Rams look like a Super Bowl team because they have a real quarterback. That is what I am absolutely positive about. This is all I understood from what your voice said this morning. Uh-huh. And I appreciate Chris kind of highlighting that. All I heard was after the postgame show yesterday, you had about six scotches <laughs> and four cigars. And then came – and then we're like you already, you, already, um, you already partied too long to where you're like, well, I can't take a nap now before the show starts. Do you have your crap and You just went all the way through. You went all the way through. Okay, that sounds like fun. Except for here's the reality of it. We finished okay. up the uh, post-game show at Hollywood Park Casino, which, by the way, a bunch of people were in there after a big Rams win last night. Super right. fun. I had a great time. That was a good time. Jumped in my car, drove home, said, hey, I literally walked through the door, hey, Sue, what's up? How was the game? Cool. I'm going to bed. And then I was asleep about eight seconds after that. That's how it actually went down. That's but other easy. than that, your, your, your version is better. That's not easy to be able to fall asleep I was like done, that. man. Well, after post game shows, Laker post game shows, I literally I come home. I'm like, is it six thirty? Like, I feel like it's six thirty p.m. Yeah, it was. It was a long day, but an exciting day. Just an absolutely unbelievable debut out. Look, all off season, Matthew Stafford, Matthew Stafford, Matthew yep. Stafford. Mm-hmm. Is he going to be good enough? How big of an upgrade is it? Will Sean McVay's offense be as dynamic as it was when we first saw it? Will he be able to do all those things that Jared Goff wasn't able to do? And really, unless you're being a real stick in the mud, it's very hard to see what we saw yesterday and not be incredibly bullish, not just on what the Rams did yesterday, but what Stafford specifically did. And one last thing, what he didn't do. There was no, oh, crap, don't do that moments. There was no, get rid of the ball. Oh, my gosh, he fumbled. There were none of that. It was clean. It was relatively easy. And it was awesome. Okay, so some numbers. All right, I want to I want to be realistic too on what we saw last night on a fantastic Sunday night game. So Matt Stafford, twenty of twenty six, three hundred and twenty one yards, three touchdowns. Had two big plays, obviously the sixty seven yarder to Van Jefferson, the fifty six yarder to Cooper Cup. Like you said, he just looked. This dude didn't look like that was his first game playing with a different team. He looked comfortable. No. He looked like um, him and Sean McVay. McVay have been working together for years. Uh, the receivers looked comfortable with him. Everybody looked comfortable, right? I, I think even Jalen Rab- Jalen Ramsey said something to the effect of he just has this swag and this confidence when he's on the field. Well, it's one thing to have it. Are you going to back it up or not? He obviously has the ability to back it up. But I, I just I, – Trev, this is – that was the first test that we got a chance to see what a Stafford look like in a Rams jersey. Here's the beauty of what we got coming up. You got Tampa coming up. Okay, let, let's actually – let's not skip a week. You're, you're playing a road game next week against Indy. the Colts. Mm-hmm. And you have Tampa right after that. Mm-hmm. Back home. Right? Tom Brady, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Then you got Arizona right after that. And then you're at Seattle for you know what Thursday is always one of the best games uh, of the year is when the Rams and the, uh, the Seahawks go at it. So the reason why I point that out is every single week we're going to learn a little bit more. Stafford's going to have more tests. McVay's going to have more tests. And that's what I find so fascinating about this season because 
nobody's questioning whether the Rams should have traded Jared Goff or Matthew Stafford. The only question is how much further can Matthew Stafford take the Rams, uh, you know, obviously beyond what they've accomplished so far. Look, they can take them as far as good luck will take them. You gotta get lucky to win the Super Bowl. You gotta be sure. really good, which they are. You gotta have the right quarterback, which they do, and then you gotta get a little lucky. Travis Lee's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. You said to me earlier, you should start, if anybody didn't hear this, we start at 9.55 every morning, so you want to hear it right out of the chute. Listen to all three hours of Travis and Slee. But you said this earlier. Travis, you walking around with your chest out, SoFi Stadium, debut of the season, doing the pregame show, feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, a little bit. Imagine being Sean McVay today and looking at everybody going, guys, I was trying to tell you, 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 you didn't want to listen to me. You didn't want to believe me that a quarterback that's throwing the ball in the dirt four times a game, quarterback that's taking three unnecessary sacks a game, quarterback that's fumbling every game, a quarterback that makes you hold your breath every time we drop back to pass, that's really hard to make a dynamic offense go. I, was te- I told you the reason that we gave up two first-round draft picks to go get this guy is because we were a quarterback but you away. Can't, but, but can you do it? I told you after yes. week one against Did the Bears. Did you see it? Did you watch it? But but you hear what I'm saying, right? Can you do a I told you so after Look, week it, one against does, the Bears? Yeah, because the Bears have a good defense, and this wasn't it wasn't fluky, Al. They were no, able no, to you're do right about that. They 100%. This they put up 34. A, they put, and it could have been 50. Mm-hmm. Had they really wanted to get frisky, it could have been 50. This was not a they busted a coverage, they popped a long one. This was they scored. You go back and look at the time of possession and plays run. Mm-hmm. The Bears dominated those two categories because the Rams had a three a three play seventy five yard drive, a right. four play eighty yard drive, just boom, 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 touchdown. I I'm not saying that this is seventeen and zero start the parade. What I am saying is, if they catch a break or two along the way, and we're talking about health, we're talking about a, a game ending field goal, either going through or not going through, those sorts of things sure. that the elements of luck have to do with. But this isn't a you know what because it, again. I'm not going to spend every Monday morning talking about how bad Jared Goff was, but it's important to do it in this moment. This wasn't, you know what, as long as we can keep Jared Goff from throwing two interceptions a game, we're in pretty good shape. This was, yeah, that did that look hard for Matt Stafford? Did that look like he didn't know what was going on, like you said? Effortless. This is what it looks like in week one. What does it look like in week seven? What does it look like in week 12? What does it look like at the start of the playoffs? Tom Brady last year on his new team looked a little uneasy in those first couple of games. Just kind of unfamiliar, and we'll figure this thing out. That worked out pretty good. If this is the starting point for this and the progression is what you would expect for a guy with his new team, this team's as good as anybody. So I don't think it's too early to walk around with your chest out. Okay, how does this happen? Explain this this one to me where – you get all that happen around the Rams. You get all that happening around the NFL yesterday. And, oh, by the way, the Dodgers sweep the Padres. Max Scherzer gets his 3,000th strikeout, was five outs away from a perfect game. Um, and that's, you know, the Giants and the Dodgers going back and forth. That's that's what this weekend was, Trav. It was, you know, your uh, as much intake as you can from college football, the powerhouse that is USC, ranked 94th in the country now. That's unofficial. <laughs> By the way, that's unofficial. That's the Dabo Sliwa rankings? Yeah, I do not want anyone to uh, question my journalistic integrity. That's an unofficial ranking there. Well, no, they're official. They're just the Dabo Sliwa official rankings. You have your own poll. And, and and the poll goes anywhere from one to wherever USC happens to be. Right now it's 95. 
It is uh, a lot of people are questioning the AP and the coaches poll right now, uh, based off of my 94 <laughs> ranking for USC. But that's what you, this. I, I just say all that because um, you know now we kind of shift our attention a little bit. Let's talk a little Dodgers baseball here, mm-hmm. and brings us to our stat hero, hero of the day, who is Max Scherzer for that 3,000 strikeout you mentioned. Dodger State. Look, this guy got here five minutes Ooh, ago. This sounds listen. like take Oral Hershiser or Clayton Kershaw doing some work. Take a listen to this. I was a little surprised that it was like that. Not that it's not exciting, but he's only been here for a few weeks. That was awesome. I thought you were going to say you were surprised that Eric Hosmer struck out. Don't be surprised at that. I mean, like, <laughs> no, that, that this, didn't this surprise what he me. does. Um, it might have been actually an agreement between, I think uh, he's represented by Scott Boris, as is Max Scherzer. That might have been, it might be a connection there. Um, never know. No, no, here's the reality. The you know, listening to the fan base, I love playing that clip, and Emily was mentioning this in the, in the prep. She's like, you got to really take a listen to this. It does sound like a playoff game, right? And I and I, I think one of the things Dodger fans, as knowledgeable as it comes to baseball, they can appreciate one of the greats on the mound and accomplishing, obviously, his entire career, what he's done. Um, you said it, only 19 pitchers have ever done this, had 3,000 strikeouts. Mm-hmm. It's one thing for him to do it. But, Travis, what he's accomplished with the Los Angeles Dodgers since he came over, I mean, I, I want to throw a couple – what do you say? Like, yeah. I, I honestly, I, I have a difficult time. Um, there was an article out there, and it might have been Jeff Passan put it out, looking at the greatest trade deadline moves in you know in baseball, and the only name that was coming up that had some comps was Randy Johnson back when yeah, he got Houston. traded, went yeah. to Houston from uh, um, from uh, I think it was the Mariners from Seattle. Okay, yeah. so this is what. This is what Max Scherzer has done with the Dodgers. He's 6 and 0. 0.88 ERA in 8 starts. The Dodgers are 29 and 12 since he came over. Yesterday he retired the first 22 batters of the game, 5 games away from a perfect game. I know you had incredibly high expectations for Scherzer coming in. I mean, has he not not just surpassed them, but demolished whatever you thought coming in? Sure. I mean, you you can't be better than he's been. You know, they, there's nothing else you could say. There, there literally is no yeah, but. There's no yeah, but. Every time he's pitched, the Dodgers have won the game. And every time he's pitched, it's been somewhere between very good to damn near perfect. You, there's nothing else to ask from this guy. Now, there's two ways to look at what happened this weekend. You want the half full or you want the half empty? I'm a huge half empty guy. Let's take a quick look at... <laughs> Let's take a quick right. look at what we don't have. So the the half empty is the Dodgers had their three aces pitched. All mm-hmm. three aces pitched brilliantly. You won all three games. They gave up two runs total. <laughs> right. They gave up two runs total over the three-day weekend. Okay, Right. So all of those things happened, and yet another week went off the calendar. We're down to 18 games, and you're no closer. The Giants are on a season-best seven-game winning streak, just finished beating the Cubs. So everything that needed to go right for you did and it still didn't give you any sort of love in the standings. That's the half empty. Now here's the half full. This is the part that I tend to like. I'm a very, I'm an I'm an optimist by nature, Al. You ready? Are you? Yeah. Can't you tell? Look at my face. I'm super positive all the time. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> they are playing really well, and yeah. they've got that dude that pitched yesterday, and the dude Julio Urias who pitched Friday, and the dude Walker Bueller who pitched Saturday. And if we get a little closer to the end of this thing and it doesn't look like it's going to happen, 
you have those guys ready to pitch a one-game playoff against Cincinnati or St. Louis or San Diego or whoever it might be, and they're in a really good position to win that wild card game. That's the half-full aspect. Uh, Stat Heroes, the first ever daily fantasy sports that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 300% back on your first play. I love doing some of these um, hero of the days. It, it does give us a chance to kind of highlight a specific player, obviously what Scherzer's done. And, by the way, Kershaw tonight, right? Kershaw tonight, yeah. But you don't just blast past the Stat Hero part where I got 47 points from Cooper Cup. Or, excuse me, 44.7 points from Cooper Cup. Don't just I'm leave that paying closer unsaid. attention to my matchup tonight, which, by well, the way, only one game. You could still do a matchup. So, yeah. I mean – I, will I have, love it. Uh, you know who you're going against. That's the best part. It's the only one that does it. Stat Hero is the only one that lets you know who you are playing against. Not just everybody out there with all of their systems, but you beat these three guys with your three guys, you win it right there. I can't wait to do it. Plus, you mentioned Kershaw. Let's talk about what he's going to look like tonight. Let's talk about what he needs to look like, not just tonight, but moving forward. And, of course, Al, fight on to victory against Stanford no more. Just an absolute disaster. It's all coming up. Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. So it's a little after 12 o'clock, Al, and it's lunchtime, right? Yeah. I I, I like starving, to eat. by the way. I'm We've established right that. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. not, and here's why. I don't know if I've had a weekend in recent memory where I did more work with the knife and fork than I did this weekend. It was a marathon session. So we're out at the golf tournament on Friday, right? How many different times did people bring us food and drinks? Nonstop, yeah, right? We were, you did something that was very interesting, by the way. Um, you were Amanda and Chris brought you over, I think it was a chicken sandwich, right? Mm-hmm. Very good. It was fantastic, delicious. Um Fries but you didn't take like you know a small bite like hey I'm on air let me just kind of take a small bite let me kind of get a little taste of this and I could give my you took a bite where it's almost like we needed to go to break to give you that much time to recover <laughs> wanted to give a full evaluation of what it was I was eating I needed to make sure I got all the condiments and everything else so we ate like crazy at the golf tournament it was great drive up to see my mom and dad up to Santa Barbara it's my mom's birthday we go out to dinner Friday night had a big dinner then the next night, we go out to dinner again with my brother and his wife and my, and my aunt, have another big dinner. Yesterday at SoFi Stadium, I may have wandered around the press box to make sure that everything was where it was supposed to be and get a little bit of everything along spread? the way. How's the spread at the, uh, the nice. press box? Pretty nice. Okay, Not what too is bad. It? Is, it, is it just kind of 
general stuff here? Just some hot dogs, some nachos, or are they doing a they different They had type hot of dogs and nachos. They had chicken fingers. They had all sorts of snacks and all these uh-huh. different things going on. They had all of these different items that were out there. And then afterwards, Amanda and Kirk and I, we go over to Hollywood Park Casino to do the postgame sure. show. They sure. fed us again. Mm. It was just an unbelievable yep. nonstop show of food. The chances, the, the chances you had between Friday, Saturday, and Sunday over under sixty four thousand calories. Over. <laughs> over by Saturday afternoon. That's it. oh, and by the way, no I may have had a few beers while we were playing the golf, so that's uh, that's no a whole hesitation. other thing. Travis Lee is brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness, Goodyear more driven. Kershaw tonight. So yeah. we have not seen him since the beginning to start. of July. Yep. I, I, I'm a super excited to see how he looks, and B, this is another thing that we look. If you're right, and I hate that you said this, you said it earlier that the Dodgers, oh, they're going to win the wild card game. But if you're right, mm-hmm. going into a series against the Giants in the next round, best of five, you got to fire every bullet you can right out. Having Clayton Kershaw as your fourth option is a gigantic advantage. Okay, let me ask you this because we said you, you did this maybe a week ago. How do you feel now? Mm-hmm. And we've done, you know, we, we have the ability as we get more information to kind of change our opinion and our thoughts. Sure. How do you feel now about the division? You're three games back in the loss column. You have 18 games left. You don't face the Giants anymore. I already told you Giants got the Padres in 10 games, and Dodger fans know what the Padres look like. Watch them over these 6-0 and stress that the Dodgers went against the Padres. They still got the Rockies. They still got the Diamondbacks. Is it to you just the numbers game for the Giants to eventually win the division? Yeah, it, it, look, if I'm giving it a letter grade and the Dodgers winning the division is a certainty as an A plus and there's no there the Arizona Diamondbacks is an F, there's still a B. They're only two and a half games back, which the math there's still plenty of time for the math to work. But I'm looking at the big picture, like you said, I'm looking at the way the Dodger offense is working. You know, as good as they were this weekend, right? They scored eight runs yesterday, which was impressive. Hit a handful of home runs. They had four hits on Friday. They had four hits on Saturday. They're sure. not, they're, their offense is not really firing on all cylinders, but their pitching's extraordinary. So I think it's probably a B right now that they win the division. It's not, it's not a certainty. The Giants are really good. The Dodger offense is really hit and miss right now. But here's the rub, Al. Yeah. It might not matter. It might not matter if they win the division because as long as you beat St. Louis or Cincinnati or San Diego, whoever it is right there, that matchup with the Giants, it's, that might be the hardest matchup they have through the whole postseason. And you get it in the first round, and I think it's to the Dodgers' disadvantage that it's a shorter series rather than a long, the I longer agree with the that. series, 100%. the better the chance. Mm-hmm. Five games in that division round, but with Kershaw, Bueller, Scherzer, and Urias, really hard not to be excited about you that. You know, it's actually interesting because the Dodgers, if they don't win the division, which, listen, it's only right that the Dodgers and Giants play each other. It's only wrong that they play each other in round one, right? right. Like, that's that's the worst scenario for both franchises. I mean, if you're San Francisco and you accomplish everything you did all season long and your first ticket is like you just said, hey, here's Scherzer in game one. Here's Bueller in game two. Here's Urias or Kershaw, however you – whatever the mix is, uh, it's obviously unfortunate for the Giants as well. I think actually baseball fans um, – this should be later in the postseason, so this is unfortunate that that's the matchup. But for how much history these two franchises have, and for them to get a chance to face each other in October, which it looks like, you know, in all likelihood that will eventually happen. Trav, I don't know if they end up winning the division, but it is. It's interesting that a little over a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, Dodgers were obviously in that spot where they actually caught the Giants. 
And the Giants, you know, this is this is where you got to kind of tip your cap. For every time the Dodgers have put the pressure on, the Giants have responded. We'll see how it shakes out. You know, I've made this analogy a few times about a race, right? The, the guy that's chasing catches the guy in the lead and goes past him. It's very rare for the guy that had the lead to then go back in front it's again. It's demoralizing. It, for sure. Mm-hmm. Here's what it was. The Dodgers caught them for half a minute and were half a game ahead, right? They were half a game ahead, but then the Giants won and went right back into a flat-footed tie. The analogy now is have the Dodgers spent too much to get even, and now do the Giants be able to just outlast them to the finish line? The Giants are playing their best baseball of the year, seven in a row. And at some point, you're going to need you're going to need them to lose three more times than you're going to lose. The Dodgers over these next eighteen games, let's say they play great, right? Let's say they play fourteen and four. That's really good. Well, now you need the Giants to go eleven and seven to catch them. That I mean that that's a big difference. Giants aren't going to go eleven and seven. They haven't gone eleven and seven over a long period of stretch or a long period of time. And any stretch in the calendar right now. It's just the, the math of it is so short right now, they're at a real disadvantage. All right, Trav, how about this? Since they lost those first three games to the Brewers, they've won 9 of 10. So remember they dropped 5 of 6, I want to say? Mm-hmm. They've won 9 of 10 since then. And 7 in a row. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Long, longest stretch of the season. Now, Trey Turner has a theory on how you catch the Giants and what you do to try to reel them in. Take a listen to him. That's true if you have 100 games left, 80 games left, 50 games Or if you're left. in the driver's seat. You're right. the one that's up two and a half. <laughs> exactly yeah. right. Yeah. If you're two games up, I don't want to hear about the Giants. they got to come and get me. Well, at this point with 18 games left, Slee, you do have to worry about the Giants because they're going to have to do something they haven't done all season long, and that's play bad for at least a week or so. But I, I do kind of like – I mean, I understand what he's saying. What he's saying is, you know, there's nothing they could do at this point they just got to take care of their own games. And, oh, by the way, they're going to walk into the postseason with momentum as well. They're going to walk in as the heavy favorites. They're going to walk in as, of course, the favorites to win the wild card. But even if it is against San Francisco – okay, let, let me actually throw this your way. First round, Dodgers-Giants. Obviously, that series is going to start up in San Francisco. It's only a best of five, which is a little bit more risky. Dodgers still the favorites. I mean, no other way you can look at it. They are. Well, there is a different way to look at it. The different way to look at it is they've already played a 19-game series. If I told you to pick one of, of those, okay, but if I if I told you get one of those teams, try as best as you can to take the emotion at it. Try as best mm-hmm. as you can take the no fact question. that you're obviously no a big Dodger fan. Dodgers or Giants? Dodgers, ten times out of ten, and that doesn't mean jack squat. I'll say, look, Adam Wainwright did what he did. Mm-hmm. Walker Bueller did what he did. And Walker mm-hmm. Bueller is about as close to money in the bank as exists in Major League Baseball. He is extraordinary in big games. And in that big game on Sunday, a couple of Sundays ago, he was bad. For the, really, for the first time ever. But that's the whole point. It could happen to anybody. So, you know what well, you're I feeling think the Giants about? are better. Mm-hmm. You know what you're starting to feel better really about? Matter. I already know what you're starting to feel better about. What? You're starting to feel better about Kenley Jansen. Shh. Shh. Don't jinx it. That's actually I, I a good point. That's a good I don't, point. Just, just let it no happen. No one should talk about it. You're 100% it, it, he, right. No one should talk about it. He has been so good. Mm-hmm. He has been re- really since he spit the bit against the Giants a month or a month and a half ago or so, whatever that was. He's not just been good. He's been excellent. Let's just leave it at that and hope that it continues. Now, look, there's options. Trinan, since then, has been less than excellent. He's been good. 
but not great. Gave up a couple runs against the Padres. They were up 5-2 in his, you know, in his position in the eighth. Gave up two runs, made a 5-4. Fernando Tatis only 90 feet away until Joe Kelly came in and took care of business. Dude, you said it right there, right there. That's the guy that they didn't have for most of the year, at least in a, in a regular role. If all of a sudden Joe Kelly can pitch that seventh inning mm-hmm. and Trinan can pitch the eighth inning and Jansen can pitch the ninth, you can shorten those games like that. Forget it. They're, they're going to be virtually – that's what the Yankees did for years and years and years when they were on that incredible roll. They were playing six-inning games. If they had the lead after six innings, they'd just bring in those guys one after the other and then ultimately get to Rivera at the back end, and it was a wrap. Do you know what we just accomplished in the first two and a half hours of the show? I don't know if this has ever happened, at least over since we started doing the show. You did not say one negative thing about Cody Bellinger today. No. This is a good start to the week. Welcome to the things. Monday what said, a not day. only did I not say anything negative, I said super positive things. For instance, he got his first extra base hit in a month. It's very positive. Okay, but why do you have to throw in in a month? Because I'd like to be accurate. He he actually got a hit in September. Okay, let's let's not focus on those type of details. He showed up every day to work. <laughs> he 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 probably crosses the street and waits for the green light. He doesn't he doesn't jaywalk. There's probably a in. lot of positive he things. He clocked in, in at the right time. He clocked out at the right time. <laughs> He's been on t- I like that. We're going to give Cody a few days off to figure some things out over the weekend in the starting lineup the next day. Dave's a beauty. <laughs> Dave, Dave is an absolute we'll have beauty. A, we don't want him uh, in against lefties. That is a lefty coming in for Cody in. <laughs> Al, what are we going to do with Clay Helton? What are we going to do with the SC program? Get the music back on. Get the music we- back on. This is big. We need to figure this out. If you're driving, have one hand on the steering wheel. The other hand is the two fingers up. You you do not want to lose the hate for Clay Helton's program right now because that's the worst case scenario. Do you think they would do? Do you think they would do this at the Coliseum? Do you think they would say, "And the number 94 ranked team in the country." Your, Your USC Trojans. <laughs> That's coming up next. It's Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Everybody thinks that anger and hate is the opposite of love. It's not. It's complete and utter apathy, which is where I am with the USC football program right now, Al. Watching them getting smashed by Stanford over the weekend, it was one of these, you know what, if if they're going to let this type of performance be out there, yeah. what do I care? <laughs> if, if they don't care, why should tied, I? It was tied a couple minutes in. <laughs> Not before the SC kicker got kicked out of the game from <laughs> the opening play. He's trying for to make an spearing. aggressive tackle. <laughs> Dude, come on, kicker. I know. I, we, we, the, the, for people that don't know. Yeah. The USC kicker, Parker Lewis, was kicked out of the game on the opening play of the game for targeting the kicker. Not a, not the recipient of being targeted. Okay, I, I, I he got, did the targeting. <laughs> I got a question for you. Everybody knows you know, USC got smashed over the weekend, 42-28. to 28, one point down, At one point down, 29. By the way, they were 17.5-point favorites. So let's try, as best as you can, try to kind of put that to the side for a quick second. Mm-hmm. You know how Difficult. we spend, you know how we spend a lot of time talking about all these teams in LA are going all in. Let me let me kind of let me let me set the stage here. What I mean by that, okay? okay? The Rams um, 
had to swallow what they paid Jared Goff in the sense that, you know, they had to swallow, they made a mistake. And you know what? But we're going to keep moving forward. And oh, by the way, we got this $5 billion statement. I don't need to sit here and explain to you the Rams are all in, right? For sure. The Dodgers have been all in for how many years in a row now and have continued to prove that when push comes to shove, if we have to do something to better our odds at a World Series, we're going to do it, and we don't care what it takes. Dodgers are all in. Can I stop you right there real quick? Because the the juxtaposition of the Dodgers, I think, is exactly where you're headed. Prior to the sale to this particular ownership group, Mark Walter and his group, the Frank McCourt group, Those two things are night and day. Frank McCourt did the impossible. He made people stop going to Dodger games. That hadn't happened in 60 years, and they stopped going because they knew he wasn't trying to win. He didn't have the best interest. Right. His his interest. Yeah, his his, best interest. Exactly right. right. Mm -hmm. And then the new group comes in, and from that moment, they've been all in trying to win. Okay, so I'm going to keep kind of going off wrinkles with that. Um, The Lakers... I don't have to explain to you just their current position today. That's not that's not to say that they didn't have success or they they had unsuccessful seasons. We all know that under Jim Buss, a lot of that was unsuccessful. And there's always pressure on the Lakers to succeed. And this is where they're sitting at now. They won a championship a year ago, right? Less than yep. a year ago, and now they're in a position again, one of the title favorites. The Lakers are all in. By the way, let me let me actually let me throw in another franchise. The Clippers are all in. For sure. Steve, Steve Ballmer took over. If you want to use another example of an owner that cares about winning and all that stuff, Steve Ballmer is, what do I need to do? Who, by the way, you know, is going to be breaking ground here pretty soon in Inglewood to go build his own stadium. This is what a lot of these franchises are doing in Los Angeles because they don't have a choice. If you want to be relevant in this market, yes, your franchise value can continue to go up, but you want to sell tickets. You want people to actually... Um, show you some kind of respect. This is what you have to do. SC doesn't feel like they're on that boat. SC doesn't look like they care whether, um, you know, with all these other franchises going all in, fans want them to go all in. They're they're most definitely continuing to make the case that that's not their top priority. Well, it's so funny to me. You're you're right. I I stamp everything you just said. I, I couldn't agree more with you, but... What I find just hilarious was the reaction to this game this weekend. Did 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 you guys just start watching USC football this weekend? Did you not see that they were ahead of San Jose State thirteen to seven in the fourth quarter? Have you not watched the Clay Helton era? Really, with the exception of Sam Darnold's unbelievable season where he took him and won the Rose Bowl and beat Penn State in an all time great. That was in two thousand and sixteen. Exactly. And since then it's been embarrassing. And no one over there seems to really give a damn. So, look, if you're letting me know that you're okay with Stanford coming in and cleaning your clock and getting pushed around and not getting guys drafted and not having the tradition that had been decades in the making, that you're just comfortable being Arizona State in the Pac-12, that's fine. That's fine. Because you know who isn't? Oregon. Or, or Oregon wants to win games. Oregon is going and getting players like uh, Thibodeau out of Southern California to go up to Oregon to play. The starting quarterback at Alabama is from L.A. The starting quarterback at Clemson is from L.A. The starting quarterback at Georgia mm. is from L.A. Mm. Okay, you guys, you, you, you let go of the rope a long time ago. This didn't. This wasn't, oh my gosh, you got beat by a bad Stanford team. Let's fire Clay Helton. If anybody's been paying attention, I've been trying to tell everybody for three seasons, you got to, th- this is a joke. Yeah, but they're telling you every time you're trying to say this is a joke, 
the university is making sure that you know it's not our top priority, right? So I, I think you're right. This shouldn't be a surprise or it shouldn't be a shock. What you can't have happen is what happened on Saturday. This was not the, the Trojans just lost to USC. It was an embarrassment. It was Physical domination. It was no, but Trav, even move that part of what happened on the field. It's Clay Helton running in at halftime and everybody booing him. It's nobody there at the fourth quarter. They showed a snapshot of the Coliseum. Fourth quarter, there was who's left? Nobody's yeah, well, left. It's it's those moments that are the most embarrassing rather than what happened on the field. Travis Lee's brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Taylor, grab that cut where he's talking about, you know, give us some time. Give us to the end of the season because there is no greater <laughs> proof than the coach knows he's a dead man walking than saying, hey, at least let me get here to the end of the season. Take a listen to this. Let's see at the end of the year. Let's see at the end. It's game two. It's game two. Right. And I, I have total faith in this staff. I have total faith in the men that are in there, players, coaches. Um, we didn't play our best tonight. But but I know this, uh, at the end of the season, um, see where we're at. See where we're at. Okay. That's it. If, I'm sold. I'm good. I want you to imagine who who is a bottom tier as Kentucky. Let's pick Kentucky. Okay. okay. Kentucky goes into Tuscaloosa and smashes Alabama, just pushes them all over the field. Just absolutely pushes them all over the field. Do you think Nick Saban is saying, you know, give us time, give us to the end of the season? Or do you think Nick Saban says something along the lines of completely unacceptable, have to go back to work right now, that's completely unacceptable, not, hey, give me a little more time, give me to the end of the season. Yeah, but you can't do that. And that's what he's doing. He he knows it's over. Because that's a university that is trying to win. Cares. Yeah. Wants to win, mm-hmm. tries to win, mm-hmm. spends the money to win, looks the other way on some stuff that maybe isn't Oregon super just great won to go win. at Ohio State, mm-hmm. and, and and it wasn't a they got lucky. They dominated no. the game. No. Well, okay, you want the good news for that one? Mm-hmm. That was a great win for the Ducks. They In Ohio State, like you said, they did it without their best player in Kayvon Thibodeau, who is going to be a high-round right. He didn't play because he's been hurt. It wasn't fluky. They won. They, they answered everything that Ohio State threw at them with an answer of their own. All these things are great. But now, because SC laid an egg, because you look, Washington is terrible, you're basically down to Oregon carrying the flag for the entire conference, and the second they have a hiccup against an Arizona or a Cal or which an will ASU, happen because of it's course the it's going to happen, and it's Oregon. <laughs> of course it's going to happen, mm-hmm. and we're right back to square one. All right, we can talk more about this. We can talk about who maybe should replace Clay Helton because we've been talking about it for three years. What's another day going to hurt? That's all coming up. Plus the dump. It's Travis Lee, seven ten ESPN. Speaking of Monday, we got Monday Night Football, the last game of Week One. Al, it's a pretty big game, not just because it's a Raider game. I know we got yeah. a lot of Raider fans here in Los Angeles, but it's a big game for you. It's a big game for me. It's a big game for the listeners because it's going to tilt it one way or the other uh, on our Pick'em game. Yeah, my recommendation is don't watch it or listen to it. Um, <laughs> just tune in to Lakers Talk tonight from seven to nine p.m. Make sure you're hey, Hunter Renfro, you're killing me in the pick'em. Back to Anthony Davis. <laughs> is that how Laker talk is going to go? Okay, Whether or so, not Cooper Cup is a great Laker fan. But but you are you are a hundred percent right about for our pick'ems. This is this is it. Comes down to yeah. this. This was my this is my four pointer that I need Ravens. Which by the way, once I picked Ravens, I think fourteen guys got injured. So <laughs> that's what we're dealing with tonight. 
So here's what it is. If the Ravens cover tonight, you and I will tie for week one. We will have the same amount of points. We would both have, in that scenario, nine points. Right? We'd both have nine. If the Raiders win or cover, then the listener group, led off by Starfish and Coffee last week, they would win that group. They would have, at that point, they would have seven points, and you and I would only have six. So it's or Actually, you'd have five. I'd have six. You'd be in last. So maybe I want to root for that. Maybe well, maybe that's the way that I want to do it. It's more not so much you and I tie for first, but I'd rather have you in last. Maybe that's what I'm rooting for. What do you want me to say to that? <laughs> you know, you can say whatever you'd like. It's your show. Here we too. are trying to do uh, a radio partnership together, and you just want me in last place. By the way, that could very well happen. That could very well happen. <laughs> be seven six five. We'll see what we'll see how it all plays out. So don't forget, we're going to do them again on Thursday. We're going to do them every Thursday. If you would like to represent the listeners this week, go ahead and send me a tweet at Travis Rogers, and I will pick one at random, and you can pick up for week two. And look, you guys may have the lead come tonight. If the Raiders cover that spread and the Raiders are four-and-a-half-point underdogs, if they can do that, then uh, the, the listeners will have the lead. If they do fire Clay Helton, okay, and they're not going to do it in the middle of the season, that's not typically a college thing unless it's a tarmac moment with Lane Kiffin, which should become a USC tradition, much like the White Horse and Tommy Trojan. But if they do, do you have somebody that you'd like to see? Because I understand that that's the next logical question. Well, if not him, then who? I'm not the athletic director at SC. This is what he's there for, to make decisions like this, to have a list in his pocket. So, by the way, you're right. You know, One of the great sayings is if you want to – present a problem, you better present a solution. So right. we obviously have spit, spent as much time as we can today talking about what the problem is. This is what I know. When something doesn't work, I try something different. So I, I think there's something to what you just said. I, I was reading over the uh, over the weekend, the LA Times had a couple different articles. I think Plaschke had one as well about this. The associate head coach, Dante Williams, defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando. Trav, I don't know if those are good fits. I, I have no mm-hmm. idea. But what I do know is who's sitting in that seat right now is not the right fit. So you do need some new blood, obviously. Who that person is, uh, you can't keep making the same exact mistake and do nothing about it. Well, you just said it exactly right. You need new blood, and new blood does not include the decent, the defensive coordinator that's there, the offensive coordinator that's there, or anybody else. It's time to hit the reset button, right? You need you need to start over. You need to bring in some vitality. You need to bring in some, you know, quite honestly, some desperation, some some sense of, you know what, just being USC is not enough. We need to shake this thing up. We need to go compete with the organs of the world. We need to go compete with the other big schools in this conference because right now you're not that. Well, you're dangerous. not what you've been for a long time. You got you got what, what's dangerous is doing more of the same. But Trav, you, the, the, oh sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, 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 I'm just saying that if you bring in somebody from the staff then you're going to have maybe not exactly the same culture, but it's going to be a similar culture. The players know him. Where if a new guy comes in and does it from scratch, from the ground up, Alabama, let me use them as an example because I think it's a really good one. Mm-hmm. USC and Alabama, both rich traditions going back a million years. And Alabama had a run where they were terrible. They were really, really bad. They went through a series of coaches that didn't work at all. And one of the reasons they couldn't find the right guy out is they kept trying to find somebody that had a connection to Alabama. Oh, well, he played for Bear Bryant, or he had lunch with Bear Bryant one day, or whatever the silly connection might have been. And then finally they said, who's the best coach? Oh, Nick Saban. All right, bring him in here. Bam. It happened almost overnight. Find the best guy. Open your wallet. 
pay him, pay his assistants, and get this thing back on track. The most dangerous thing you could do, and these are, you know, whether it's corporations, franchises, is you're dependent on your past. So you can use your past to work to your advantage, but when you were the Lakers and you couldn't bring in a free agent and you kept saying, look, it's the Lakers, what are you today that's the most important thing, and I think USC probably is getting caught up a little bit on, well, look at our look at our past, look what we've done in the past. Nobody cares anymore. You know what we do at the end of the show each and every day. It's called The Dump. It's time for everything we haven't gotten to today. Yes, it's time for The Dump. All right. Did you see the cat at the Miami game over the weekend? Yeah. The cat that was dangling from that wire about 30, 40 feet in the air. Did you happen to catch that? Okay, actually, no. I thought for a second there you were doing the Carolina Panthers mixed <laughs> we'll get to the reality other pregame video. Okay, I have not seen that video. Uh, for those who haven't seen it as well, talk to me about it. What, it's what do we... crazy how this poor cat is suspended from this wire, way, literally 40 feet or so in the air. I just the need to know stadium, everything went okay. The, it, it did. This, this, okay. this story has a happy ending, so... You could take a deep breath. Maybe not for the person that caught that cat. They They, definitely got their arms scratched up. They they absolutely did. But this cat ends up falling about 30 or 40 feet. And the whole steam. (gasps) Everybody's watching this cat. And somebody catches it. The cat is fine. All is well with the world. But it was unbelievable watching this thing fall. The whole stadium was paying attention. It was really scary. Shows how exciting that Miami game was. They're all watching the cat. I'm in the middle of a 10 seconds left in this video ad, and then I get to watch it. (laughs) All right, so let's go to the other cat story from the weekend. The Carolina Panthers had a mixed reality, is how they're describing it, pregame video. Um, It's almost like a hologram where a panther is in the middle of the air hovering over the stadium. It's pretty terrifying, if I'm being honest. Just watched it. I just want to throw this out there real quick. Um, the cat's okay. Cat's doing okay. Cat's Crowd funny. went crazy. Um, they look like it was a, a game-winning touchdown. That's the way the crowd reacted. And then to this Carolina Panther, I've never seen video like that. Uh, if that's what you're telling me the future is going to hold for us, that's some pretty damn convincing stuff. What future? It's a wrap. Has it's nobody told you? Yeah, we're This is screwed. just about over. I don't know what new, but news you've Boston, been watching. Boston Dynamics has freaking robots doing backflips, and there's blooper reels on them, too, as if they're just regular human beings. It's not good, Trav. It's not you good. You and I were recording some spots on Friday afternoon. We're in the studio. The TV's on, and one yeah. of those Boston Dynamics stories where the humanoid robots that can run like a person do a yep. backflip. This is what this kills stuff. me. This is what kills me. The guy doing the report on this like local news network is acting as if – you know, it's a dog coming up to him and petting him. I'm like, bro, this is a machine. It's smarter than you, and you will be in a cage in 20 years. Stronger, faster, quicker, more agile, everything about it. Pretty terrifying. All right, you're going to like this one. Yeah. Jeff Bezos, your guy, mm-hmm. has emerged as a potential investor in the Denver Broncos. Are you ready for your guy, astronaut Bezos, to be involved in the NFL? This is, this is the equivalent. Let me just give you the equivalent. It's the equivalent of him buying a 1% stake in the Denver Broncos. That's the equivalent of him going to space. That's what it was, <laughs> where you really don't have ownership stake. That's what the space equivalent was. Um, I did see that Jeff Bezos, it'd be $4 billion, I think, is what they said the value of the Broncos is, and that it would be the equivalent of him spending 2500 or you and I spending $2,500, I think, like the average median home. Uh-huh. So it just kind of shows you how it is – 
absolutely nothing to him if he buys uh, the franchise. You wonder if somebody like that, who obviously is very bright and, mm-hmm. and thinks of things differently than most people do and can see opportunities where others do not see opportunities and became the world's richest man in the process, yeah. if he could bring anything to a, a sport that is so tradition-bound, like the NFL. You know, the NFL more or less is the same now as it was in the 80s, which it was in the 60s. It, you know, a little incremental change, but... Could you get a, a Mark Cuban type or somebody like that who's just a, a no. very different thinker in that league? I don't know. I mean, let, let me use as an example because the richest owner in sports now, isn't it Steve Ballmer? It, well, there you go. He's done He's done a great job with the club. He's done a great job, and he has his own personality, and there's times you know, you see him in a playoff game, and you're like, please pan off of him. Like This is not good for the franchise, but he's him. And he's authentic, and that's you know all he cares about is squad winning. I, I Look, the only thing I think of with Bezos in the NFL – it's such a powerful sport. It's it's an ego-driven thing. I want one of those. All right, so the NFC West yesterday, Al, went 4-0. All yeah. four NFC West teams mm-hmm. won. The team that scored the fewest points were the Seattle Seahawks, who scored 28. Best division in football, you think? We've been saying it last couple of years. This is why, Trav, I'm so excited to see Stafford the rest of the way. Let's see him in week four against Arizona, week five at Seattle. I do think it's the best division. In, uh, I know it's only one week, but, yes, I do feel like it is. Where do you find the podcast? All right, ESPN app or on iTunes. Just search Travis and Sliwa. All three hours of the show, you can catch all uh, the full three hours on the podcast. Cannot wait to do it again tomorrow. We'll talk Monday Night Football. Dodgers, go Kershaw. Hopefully he's nice and healthy and sharp. And more importantly, go Padres. Go do something against the Giants and make it right.